Welcome to the We Shape Podcast. Hey, girl. Um, I'm here with Nina and Tyler. We have a super fun guest tonight. I just want to call out. Ooh, that's a different this is, kind this of show. Is our, this is our first time doing uh, kind of an evening podcast. I like how we're calling it evening when it's like literally <laughs> six o'clock. We're like, it's bedtime, y'all. <laughs> we, we do go to bed early, but we love making exceptions for, for, for special guests. So um, I've already let everybody know I'm going to be loopy. I am, you know. <laughs> I took tomorrow off. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. You, you did. did what, didn't, didn't you just say you went home and laid in bed for a little bit before you came here just I to get like have, a little. I might have done that. I got a little head start <laughs> on my rest time. Okay. This is a perfect opportunity. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go for it, girl. I'm Are sorry. Are you calling me out? I'm calling. I'm just going to do it real okay. quick before okay. we start. Okay. Nina goes to bed twice. I do. Every I love single falling night. asleep that much. <laughs> that I sometimes if I call her after 7:30, I'm worried. Like, is it round one? Because I don't want to wake her up. She's pregnant. She needs rest. But you always go to bed twice. What time do. do you first go to sleep? What's I, your first rest? <laughs> my first rest, I call it my napetizer, which I stole off the internet, so I can't take credit for that. But <laughs> I um I go to bed, I get in bed around like seven o'clock normally, and I generally am asleep by around like eight maybe and I sleep from eight until like 11 and then I wake up and I do it all again <laughs> no but like how long are you awake at 11 like a couple hours sometimes I'll watch a show till one in the morning sometimes and then I'll and then I'll be like ooh, can't it's time to fall asleep again and then I'll fall asleep again and now that I have like pregnancy insomnia I actually am up usually from like four to six too so I get three sleeps in one <laughs> night it's very okay. exciting. Well, we better get started because your first thing is <laughs> coming up. <laughs> it's on the way. <laughs> the timer starts Ooh, now. Okay. Well, I like I called you at eight thirty last night, and right when I started dialing, I was like, "Shit, I shouldn't be calling her. This is her first sleep time." No, no, it's I was funny good. Because I'll text at like eleven, and I'll get responses. Totally. Like, I know you're gonna be up at some point. You know. <laughs> so I know Absolutely. I'll get Instagram DMs from you. I'll like check my phone in the morning. Yeah. I'm like, why is Nina DMing me at two thirty? You gotta take care of business when you can take care of business. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's get started so you can get in bed. Um, why don't you introduce our guest tonight? I'm really excited. She's going to be a fun conversation. Absolutely. Take it from I'm here. super personal excited because I'm a huge fangirl of hers. I actually yeah. like have been following her on Instagram for a super long time. And when she said yes, that she'd be on our podcast, I was like, I'm so pumped. So we have Lee with us tonight, and she is an ex-bikini competitor turned body positive ambassador and influencer. You can catch her friendly and bubbly personality all over the internet, encouraging people to love themselves better every single day. And with that, hi, Lee. We're so happy to have you. Hi, oh, Lee. my gosh. I almost started crying when you were saying all that stuff. I was like, that's so nice. Oh, <laughs> hi, everyone. I am so <laughs> glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me. We're so pumped. Seriously. We are going to dive right <laughs> in, Lee, because Nina, you know, she was starting to tell me your story earlier. I'm like, wait, I want to hear it from Lee. So um she was like she has a great story so why don't we why don't you just start let's just let's just lead in with like how did you get to where you are today oh my gosh well that is a whole book but i'm gonna try to summarize it into maybe just a few chapters for y'all but okay, I, love I it. <laughs> you know i feel like a lot of women i always struggled with my relationship with food and my body so i was always looking for different ways that I can make myself smaller, fit into those size twos and zeros, you know? And so one day I was in college, I already, you know, had tried different restrictive diets. I had tried running. I didn't even did a half marathon in college and I was a cheerleader too. So it was all about fitting that tiny uniform. And it was one summer, it was preseason before um, our football season cheering that year. And I was in a dorm room with my bestie and we were just scrolling on Instagram and I stopped 
when I saw a girl from my high school in this sparkly bikini and she was the tiniest, tiny little girl I've ever seen. And I was like, wow, I need to look like that. So I immediately went to her Instagram. I started following everyone that she was following and I learned of this thing called bikini competitions. And I decided right in that moment that that's what I was gonna do and that was gonna be me. So I am the most stubborn person you will ever meet. And when I put my mind <laughs> to something, I am going to do it. So immediately I started hitting the gym, started lifting weights. And also mind you, I had like never lifted before. That was never something that was on my radar. I didn't know anything about it. So I hit in the gym. Just a few months later, I hired a coach and I was doing my first ever, like prepping for my first ever competition. And that was when I really just started <laughs> to spiral, you know, because bodybuilding is all about thriving off of restriction and just hyper focus on control. I had a coach who told me the amount of hours that I needed to spend in the gym, the specific cardio I needed to do, specific lifting, whether that be once a day, twice a day, multiple times a day going to the gym, specific wow. meals, not just down to the gram of food, but the type of food that I was eating. And it just became obsessive and my entire personality, like there was literally nothing else that I could do or talk about. And so that first season, I ended up competing in two shows but the first show i ever did i ended up winning literally the entire thing because i told oh my gosh that that's what i was gonna do so that's <laughs> what i did <laughs> and i literally felt nothing but emptiness after the show oh, i thought it was gonna wow. be so much fun i invited my all my friends to come and just at the end of it even I just, though you I won looked, even though you won you were won like the this whole is the whole thing literally wow. i not only did i win my division i won also the division for the newbies but then at the end you compete against everyone else who won their division beat all of them and i just looked at all my different Dang. trophies i even got this big axe and i was like oh my god like i don't even care like i literally don't care i thought that this was going to be this big like firework moment i was gonna like my life was gonna change and literally right. nothing happened all i did was feel empty inside i was hungry i was tired i was worn out I was angry, like I just only felt bad emotions. Ugh. But then as I was looking at all of that, I was like, oh my gosh, but, but you've committed so much to this. This is you, like, this is what you have to do. And so with that win, I was like, okay, well now I gotta do this again because because I won, I qualified for nationals. So now you have to go to yeah. nationals. And so oh then gosh. I launched my second half of my bodybuilding career. Uh, and I ended up getting a new coach too. Cause I was like this, I'm going to really like ramp it up. Like I'm going to bring my all, bring my a game. And it just got worse and worse and worse. I ended up going to nationals. Didn't do too well, but you know, I made it, you know, <laughs> I, I did the thing. And then at the end of it all, I remember talking to my coach, like, okay, like next round, we got to do it. Cause I, you know, I was going down this path and we had talked about me taking a year off going into my senior year of college because I was like, I've committed so much of this time to the sport and I know it gives everything, but so I want to enjoy my senior year. I want to go out with my friends. I want to go drinking. Maybe I want to go, you know, do all of that stuff. Live a little life. Kids do. Exactly. Yeah. I just wanted to have fun because even there were so, oh my gosh, there were so many moments where friends would invite me out to parties and I, I would get mad at them. I'd be like, well, don't you know I have to wake up at 6am to do cardio? Like, why would you even ask me that? Like, it was oh, never, <laughs> it was never even an option for me to have fun when I had this goal, like at the end of the day, you know? Right. And, Absolutely. And so then when I had this year off, a few months in already, I just started to really fall into 
serious eating disorder behaviors. And what I didn't mm. realize was I was always searching for these different diets, these different workouts, because I really struggled with binge eating and other eating disorder behaviors that kind of masked that for me. And bodybuilding stopped any of that from happening because it really, I consider it an eating disorder in itself because it's just such an orthorexic sport where you are only allowed to eat specific foods at specific times and again just really thrives off of restriction and sometimes a lot of a lot of competitors too utilize exercise as purging behaviors and so wow. i saw that once i stopped and i just started binging nonstop i was like oh my gosh like everything kind of flooded towards me and i was like oh my gosh like this is such a larger problem you really thought that bodybuilding fix for you and it never did and it never will like you actually need to get real help about this that doesn't have to do with looking a certain way it, it's all about like your actual well-being and so that's when I decided to check myself in to an eating disorder facility and that's where I did outpatient treatment for two months and honestly it was like the most pivotal moment in my journey like I learned so many tools and so many things that really helped me realize like oh my gosh like I just need to gain weight be okay with it and learn how to eat and function like a regular person because there are so many things that your eating, eating disorders do to you that don't make you realize that you know you're kind of ostracizing yourself and isolating yourself in so many different ways and it didn't end there though of course like it takes years of practice and work to really instill all of those things that you learn. So it wasn't until I would say, honestly, the start of the pandemic when the gyms shut down and I had to stay home. And I also just wasn't around like a lot of the typical triggers that I would face like in everyday life. And I had to sit alone with my thoughts and actually listen to myself and hear what I thought. <laughs> and, and, and to like, just knowing that I couldn't go to the gym, like I sobbed for days, like just because the gym closed, not because of anything important. Like it was because wow. I couldn't go to the gym. And so then I had to learn how to work out on my own. I started even taking up running just to like be free and like have fun with it. Like I started trying things like yoga and body weight workouts. And I just started to become at peace with myself. And that's actually the first time that I started to just naturally lose weight and become the person that I wanted to become and not so obsessive over everything. And Honestly, all of that has brought us to where we are now because I just really am someone who preaches being unapologetically yourself and just focusing on what makes you happy, finding workouts and eating and friendship and all those different things that are going to really represent you and make you happy at the end of the day and not having to look a certain way or be a certain way just because society makes you think that. <laughs> Hell yes. Yeah, I love that. And you know, you said, so one of the things that I'm very curious about was what was the feedback you were getting along the way? Like as you were signing up for these competitions and working out and- Is this a setup? <laughs> Why? I'm just I'm just messing with you. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I I I <laughs> it's too late for me, Tyler, to, to interpret your jokes. Um so like what 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 was your what was the feedback? Were people like, whoa, we're worried about you, this is becoming obsessive, or were you getting praised or Was there praise, Lee? Was there praise? <laughs> She's like, I want an axe, you guys. <laughs> oh my gosh. I have to say, I got both of those things, but the big thing there is that anyone, any dissenting behavior or words that I heard cut out of my life immediately. You were dead wow. to me. Like there oh was no 
getting through mm-hmm. there. And if people were saying anything, like I'm distinctly remembering too, when I was when I was a cheerleader, there was one of the girls I remember came to me and was like, hey, by the way, like I heard two of the girls are really worried about you. Like they think that this is some like really not good behavior exhibiting. Like they're thinking it's borderline eating disorder. And I remember going to the girl who was a big, the girl who came to me was a big supporter of mine. And she really looked up to me and liked, loved what I was doing because she was like, you're getting healthy. Like you're doing a lot of great stuff. And that was a big mistake. A lot of people thought this was like health. We can get into that in a second. Um, so I was just like, oh my gosh, they're, they are haters. They don't get it. Like, this is why like you and I like are a team, like, because like, you know, screw them. Like they don't know anything, you know? And then I just effectively stopped talking to them. And that is what happened to any single person who said anything like that to me. And then everyone who praised me and loved what I was doing and want to see it like besties, like you get it, like, you know what it is. (laughs) And then also you spend so much time, not even like concerning yourself with normal people because you're so focused on being in that bodybuilder click and crew, like those are your people. So a lot of times too, I also remember telling my best friend that, oh, I don't even care about like keeping up with my friends. Like all I want to do is like check Snapchat Snapchat and YouTube to see what Heidi Summers is doing, what Amanda Bucci is doing, what all of the popular like bodybuilders of wow. that era were doing on social media. Like I was like, those are the only people I want to talk to. Like I was so focused on those parasocial relationships that it didn't even matter what anyone else had to say. Well, oh I think gosh. that was the other thing that struck me in your story was that what started this was your engagement in following someone on social media, right? And so mm-hmm. we talk about that a lot. I think that social media can be an incredible tool for connection and inspiration, but there are many instances where uh, people are on there that are actually, you know, potentially influencing harm upon other people. And I think that you know, it just goes back to the to the idea that we need to understand where these values come from, that nobody is born believing that their body has to look a certain way. It's, it's a cultural value that's held up by our society. And then when we go on social media and see the um, the participation in that in that value, in that narrative, then we want to buy into it too right because we don't want to stand out and say oh I don't want to be a part of that belief system but the truth is that belief system and that that influence on social media does a significant amount of harm for people I mean you said it yourself like you probably had people who were following you on Instagram in your you know when you were getting your awards for your bikini competitions and they were probably like this Mm -hmm. is my gold standard like if I could be this then I'd be happy happy." and you actually had said that you were the the worst emotionally you had ever been so it's like it's this weird like we see something and because the culture makes us believe that that's the goal we instantly think that if we can physically see it then it instantly means that the inside of that person is thriving and it's a huge misconception it's a huge misconception it's kind of funny too looking back at some of those instagram posts because you know how people joke about those couples where you can tell that they're just like not doing good because they'll have like a paragraph long (laughs) caption where it's like look i know we fight all the time and you're always (laughs) screaming at me to get off the xbox and you know we never like it's just horrible and you're like that is toxic all of my captions were effectively that but like with myself uh they they were along the lines of like 
look. Like I barely slept. I stayed up all night long just dreaming about eating a frosted sugar cookie. And I can't stop having night sweats just thinking about the food that I can eat. But you know what? It's all worth it at the end of the day. And it's like, oh my God, girl, like got a grip. Like it's like kind of, you know, embarrassing in a way to look back. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I was putting this horrible like trauma I was clearly experiencing on the internet and I had no idea like no idea but I mean I think there are people who would read your caption and be like look at the sacrifice she's, she's doing yeah. yeah that's what mm-hmm. I was gonna say like I think that the social media and society in general is almost like hoodwinks us it like it, it says hey here's what you think you want and you mentioned something really powerful in your story you're like I got there I got to the place Mm -hmm. that people look at and go, that's where I want to be. And I think a lot of people don't realize that a lot of the constructs that we believe will make us happy are complete bullshit. It's just not true. Mm -hmm. You can get to the place where you're super quote unquote successful and you have lots of money and you have this perfect body. And guess what? A lot of those people are deeply miserable on the inside and deeply insecure and don't like themselves. So if you were to say something to somebody to to, to try and help them understand that. They're still thinking about like, well, if I was a little skinny or if I look a little different, I would be happy. Like, what would you say to them to give them that that experience now so they don't have to make the mistakes that maybe you have? At the end of the day, my mantra is, it's all about how you feel, not about how you look. And mm-hmm. I learned that firsthand on everything that you're saying. And I know I touched on it earlier, but the the biggest thing for me is I finally got down to that zero. I got down to that size too. I was you know, weighing myself every single day, having to send these numbers to a coach and seeing the numbers go down on the scale. It's like, whoa, I've never weighed less in my life. And then I would look at myself in the mirror and just say, not, not even like, I just would wonder to myself, like, why do you still hate yourself? Like, why, why can't you love yourself? Why is this so hard? And I got so excited at one point because I was like, wow, I can like finally wear crop tops. Like this is a body that is allowed to wear crop tops. And I finally purchased my first one and I put it on. And I remember being like, oh my God, you look disgusting. Like you look horrible. And it was never, that's when I realized it was never my body. It was my mindset. Like it only Mm. mattered how I saw myself. And if I just saw myself as someone like amazing and worthy and confident who was able to wear a crop top, no matter how she looked like at the end of the day, that's what it, that's what would have been the thing that would have made me say that I love myself, you know? (laughs) Yeah. That's amazing. I love that. It's so hard for people to recognize that you don't need to change anything in order to be deserving of love, both self-love and love from others. Well, I actually promise people, I promise them when they join WeShape, if you're here to lose weight because you think it's going to make you happy, it will not. The only thing that will make you happy is learning how to care and love and accept yourself today as your current body and circumstance are. And until you can figure out a way to get right in your mind with loving yourself and feeling your worth and unsubscribing to these values and these beliefs, it doesn't matter how much weight you lose here. So we give that guarantee here at Lucia. <laughs> so <laughs> well, because too, at like the end of the day, when you have this goal, like the the needle's gonna always shift. You're like, oh well, if I already did this, I could do a little more, a little more, a little more, and then it's you're never satisfying yourself in the other. And at the end of the day, you need to find other ways to fill your cup because you know you're not. <laughs> the way you look is not something that's going to bring you that happiness and it's not going to fill your cup in the ways that you're looking for. Like that is something like deep down, like we got to work on that instead. And look at like, I always think about this too. Um, Like I'm going to share a silly story really quick. 
Like, I go get waxed, right? Yeah. Like, remove my hair. <laughs> and I'm like, I thought about it today. I was like, I want to do like a quick math calculation of like how many hours I have gotten waxed. And I was like, okay. but why do I get waxed? Because our society believes that women shouldn't have hair. Okay, I subscribe to that channel. Like, actually, I subscribe to that channel for myself. I actually think people should do whatever they want with their own bodies. Um, yeah. But I'm like, I, I, want, I want to wax my body so I don't have hair. But how much of my life is consumed by that? And it's all because <laughs> I buy into a belief that this is how it's supposed to be. Right. And I think that, like, that's, I think, sorry for my, my weird story. Again, it's late. It's the middle of the night here. Um, yeah, no. no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But <laughs> my point is, like, when you were talking, I'm like, oh, my God, like, how much time? You were like, I'm only on the internet looking at people who are bikini models, and I'm only at the gym, and I'm only counting my calories and watching the food that I eat, and I'm actually not participating in any healthy social relationships. I'm not doing anything else outside of that. And it just... It, it became your entire identity and your entire self. Mm -hmm. And like, if you, if I think if we can figure out a way to zoom out and say like, what do I give my time and attention and energy to? And how do I feel as a result of giving my time and energy to attention to that? I mean, you guys, I might stop waxing. Like, <laughs> like, like it, it uh, I'm just saying, it, like it, 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 when you think about it, so your life was absolutely consumed by it. Oh, yes. Well, I was gonna say too, like, on top of that too, waxing sounds pretty painful. I haven't, I haven't tried it yet, um, but you know, you've been el eliminating a lot of pain in no, your like life. I uh, <laughs> I probably how many hours, Nina? Uh, like thousands of hours. I don't hours know, girl. What are you? Just waxing uh, yeah, everything? I, I mean, if you do, if you do like an hour you do a like month, a toes to nose if, situation. If you do an hour a month, that's twelve hours a year. Yeah. And okay. if I live to a hundred years, yeah, you you're go. gonna make it. I think you're gonna make hours. it to a hundred. Yeah. Katie's great yeah. great grandmother. My great grandma was 101, and her sister was I 104. I think you're pulling I'm, I'm it off. A, I'm for sure oh making it to 100. Yeah. But a thousand grandma, hours. Grandma of spent waxing? a thousand hours waxing. <laughs> a thousand hours waxing. So, but that's my point. I like to bring up the time thing because I don't think we think about that when we're we thinking don't. about diet and exercise. My and problem nutrition. is I think about that in everything that I do. <laughs> no. I'm not gonna make my bed anymore. I'm not gonna. Do that. No, no, no. no. We'll talk about that after here. My personality, because it was all that I did. Looking back on that time, I was someone who was so like all about the grind, riding the game train, like so aggressive. Whereas Nina, as you wonderfully introduced me, I'm someone who is so like bubbly and peppy and I just yeah. love being happy. Like that, I would say at the end of the day is my MO. And I was the most unhappy I've ever been during that period of my life. Like no one knew me as the cheerleader on campus. Like I was a college cheerleader at school, but no one knew me as a cheerleader. People knew me as the bodybuilder because I just always yeah. brought Tupperware of chicken and was like angrily staring people down on a daily basis, you know? So. I know it's like as someone who does like actually follow you and like look all your posts and interact with them and stuff, like I think about who I know you to be today because I found you at this part in your journey and like it's hard for me mm -hmm. in some ways to even imagine you prior to this. Like one of the things that made me fall in love with her on the internet is like sometimes she takes herself to Disneyland and like goes to Disneyland on her like little self date and is like, what should I do now? And then like her people will be like, you should go do this. And she's like, okay. And then I love she, like, it. it's just great. Like she lives life and she enjoys herself and she does offers that to other people who follow her. And like, I think that being someone who participates in social media and representing being a young person and living life and enjoying it and sharing it and being kind is like, I don't know. I think we 
are attracted sometimes to things that make us feel negative on the internet. Like it's that feedback loop mm-hmm. that kind of like feeds our algorithm and creates this like, I want this and I keep seeing it so I'm gonna keep interacting with it. And like, it's really actually truly positive. Like she's not like, if you do this, you can be like me. She's just like, I'm loving life. I want you to love life. Let's do it together. Yeah. And it's a beautiful thing. And so, so speaking of that. I so appreciate right? that. We, we got to this point where you're like, oh, then I went to an eating disorder clinic and then I changed my life and it took me a while. Now I love myself. So like, what was what was that actual transition? Like, like because it's really hard. I yeah. mean, it's hard to go from being someone who's like, I'm an achiever, I'm gonna do this thing, to like, whoa, there's so much toxicity here, to unraveling that, to facing these demons, to coming to a place of better self-love. So maybe unpack that a little more and, and share that part of the journey. I know, it's kind of shocking that it didn't just happen overnight, right? Right? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> no, it definitely, like I said, so I, it, it took a while. Like I said, it took a while. I checked myself into treatment, I want to say spring of 2018. And I wouldn't say I was like, well, I'm in a good place until end of 2021. Uh, Mm. It it took a long, long, long time. And I want to say a big part too was during that time I graduated college and I moved to Florida for a year. And I went to school in Illinois and I'm from Georgia and I moved to Florida. And let me tell you, not a lot of people I knew were moving to Florida post-grad. You know, so <laughs> I didn't have my support group around me. I didn't have anyone I really knew. I was taking on like new experiences, new jobs that were just completely like foreign and, and, and meeting these people that I, I wouldn't have met if I were anywhere else. And I just felt so alone, even more so, I think, than I had realized I would feel. And it was really easy to resort back to the behaviors that I had known so well <laughs> for my mm. whole life. And I wasn't really taking like accountability to in those times because I was just like, my life kind of is sad right now. Like I don't have any of my friends with me. I'm doing these things. I don't know what to do. I'm also not doing necessarily what I want to do with my life right now. Like what am I, what's going on? Like I have no purpose. And that was also really difficult because as you said, I am someone who is really driven, really goal oriented. And if I don't have a goal, a lot of times I can really feel like lost in the ether, like what's going on? I don't know. And so it wasn't until I got a job offer in Los Angeles and I moved out here where I am now. And I, and then too, that was when like pretty soon after a few months later, the pandemic hit. And it wasn't until then where I had to actually think about like, my own brain and my own thoughts. And I had to sit there and acknowledge the quote unquote obstacles that I had ahead with my typical fitness goals, my fitness journey. And I think a big realization too was right before the pandemic, I had hired a, another coach and I decided I wasn't going to do bodybuilding. I wasn't going to do a competition, but I, I needed a coach because I needed to get back in line and I needed to, straighten up because I had really messed up because I had gained the most weight I ever had when I was living in Florida and that was bad and I needed to be good which was bodybuilding which is so crazy knowing that I had gone to treatment gone literally to an eating disorder center where they were like working out is even bad you know but (laughs) where I was in my journey they they were acknowledged that it was just a part of kind of like who I am and I was otherwise I was gonna be like I'm gonna feel worse if I don't move my body um but I realized too I in a lot of ways use that as a coping mechanism specifically bodybuilding so then when I wasn't even able to have this coach that I had hired I was like okay Lee you actually like 
need to stop with the bodybuilding. Like this isn't going to work. You need to figure out ways to move your body that are going to make you happy, ways that are going to like increase your endorph- endorphins and not make you feel like so alone, like you're going crazy in this apartment by yourself. And so that was when I kind of started actually listening to myself because before it was really easy to hear what other people had to say and just do it. Like that's something that I think makes me really good at being stubborn and made me like thrive in bodybuilding because people just tell you what to do all the time, tell you how you're supposed to look, tell you how you're supposed to eat, tell you how you work out. Like, great, I'll execute. I can do that. Great. And then when I had to say, oh, like, maybe I want to like go for a run today, even though I've always said I hated running. Like right now I'm just feeling like going for a run. Like Maybe I should just try that. Maybe I'll just try going paddle boarding. Like I got the, the ocean right next to me. Like I'll just try that out. And I started just trying new things that made me excited to get out of the house um at that time it was like you know isolated activities that were safe um but the ways that just like made me happy and could make me smile and make me at peace with myself and my body and then two i think a big part that made me feel like a lot of anxiety especially going out into the work world as a new graduate being in like work environments where you know just the food scenario at workplaces can be really difficult especially for someone in recovery just having just the way that we always had work lunches we always had treats at the office which now i'm like oh that's great like i love getting to go to the kitchen and grab myself a cupcake but when there's just a tray of 40 cupcakes out there and you are a binge eater it is hard to not just continually go back and back and back and like sneak everything and just feel really like stressed about that so when i had that time alone i was able to sit there and think a a little bit more so without judgment um, and take the time that I need to, to like sit at my table and be like, okay, like no one's watching you. Like you don't need to feel that added extra pressure of all of these eyeballs on you, you know? And I know that might be like difficult, but I hope anyone else who like has gone through like an eating disorder experience, anything like that understands like that mindset. Cause it's, uh, it's so hard to explain to anyone who hasn't, but having that time i know i feel like i'm like being so long long-winded right now but and then getting to sit in that and practice those behaviors it was really the time for me um i always also say like the three t's are what did it for me it was therapy treatment and time and time Mm. being Mm. obviously the biggest one (laughs) you brought up two really powerful things there one i just love how you mentioned sitting there alone with your thoughts and practicing And it's something Mm -hmm. that I feel very few people give themselves the time and space to do to say like, okay, here's something that I'm aware that's like really taking me down. And like the moment I'm sure you sat in front of whatever it is that you were trying to, um, you know, build better habits around. It was just like, you're looking at it and you're hearing your thoughts and you're feeling the feelings. And it's just the, the moment of becoming aware of those things and aware that Mm -hmm. most of the time we're operating out of like this condition patterns rather than taking the time to hear it and say, hold on. Let me just feel this and let me choose what I want to do rather than just react into what I want to do based on all of my old patterns. Like that's so powerful. I think more people need to get in touch with themselves in the quiet and listen to their thoughts and realize how crazy a lot of these thoughts are and they don't have to believe oh everything gosh. they think, you know? Literally. Oh my gosh. Yes. Every thought that you have is not fact. It is a thought. It's a feeling. doesn't mean it's true. I think like the biggest thing too, that's really difficult. I actually just recently did a YouTube video about what to do on a bad body image day. And the last and most important tip that I said is just to accept it. And mm. I think that things like that, just sitting with it, just accepting things, just thinking about things is the most difficult for people to hear because it's the most unsexy thing and it's right. the least like fun and it's not an action item. It's just something like living with it. 
But at the end yeah. of the day, that's the most <laughs> powerful one because <laughs> you're letting like those feelings and emotions like wash over you and you're having to experience them. And especially as a binge eater, like that's the reason I binge eat. It's because I have a negative thought. I have a negative feeling and a negative emotion and I don't have to think it or feel it or see it. If I'm busying myself eating, if I'm busying myself doing literally anything else, I don't have to think it. And the moment I stop doing that, all those thoughts come crawling back, like rushing back, honestly. And so that's what leads you into these negative behavior cycles because you're actually having to think the things you don't want to think. So if you give it's yourself so, the opportunity to think them, yeah, you realize they're not that bad. <laughs> it's so funny you mentioned that. Like we literally were talking to our daughter before we came here and um, she tends to just like, you know, something won't go her way and then she'll get super angry about it and she'll lash out at us. And I mean, this isn't a fairly normal kid thing, but she can be a little spicy sometimes, right? And we, we keep trying to <laughs> teach her like, hey, when you feel upset, you don't have to solve the problem. And solving the problem doesn't mean yes. getting what you want or telling other people, you know, like that they're, they, they cause the problem. Solving the problem means feeling what it is that you're feeling, um, talking about it, you know, getting frustrated about it, going outside, taking a pause, moving your body, doing something with that to let it flow through you. And then it just goes away most of the time. If you, if you give it yes. enough space, it just goes away. You don't have to, you don't have to fix it. You just have to feel it and go through it. And I think it's such a powerful lesson for people to learn. I also want to just That's highlight one more parenting. thing. <laughs> so, thank you. Thank you. Um, I wanted to highlight one more thing that you said that I think was really interesting. And it's a, it's a mistake I think most people make too is, is um, you know, we all think that it's the demon in front of us, the obvious demon that's going to take us down. But you said, you know, I, I hired this coach. And, and, and to me, I think what most people don't realize is it's, it's, the, it's the hidden demon that's whispering rationality in your ear. That's the one that's actually going to slide you back into these habits that you maybe don't want to, you know, you don't want to express through your life. And so I think it's just important for people to realize that because it's so easy for us to rationalize our way back into our traumas and our dysfunctions instead of um, recognize that that's that demon on the shoulder whispering that rationality in your ear. Oh, totally. Again, I feel like I'm relating everything to a toxic relationship, but it's so much easier to display it as such because I feel like you know everyone's had that one toxic ex or that one toxic experience <laughs> dating and it's the same thing except it's like the relationship with yourself it's the relationship with your thoughts it's the relationship that you have with all these different players in the game and so when you realize like oh my gosh it's I think another t thing too that helps is separating these things like there's this one book that's amazing it's called life without ed and it characterizes your eating disorder as this person ed and so when you take these like negative characters in your life and make them people and realize that it's not you that's the problem like you aren't the problem it's this like thought it's this behavior it's this action that you need to think about you need to cope with you need to deal with that makes it like so much easier to conceptualize wow i like that that's a really good that's a really good point well you know what lee we have really enjoyed getting to connect with you tonight. I would love to know where people can find you because you sound like an incredibly fun social Follow media. Follow her. <laughs> She's so fun. Oh, where stop. can people You're find you? Kind. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Leanne Keeley. And I'm trying I to think if there's anything else. Oh, I also have Twitter, but I don't tweet as much. But also, again, Leanne Keeley. <laughs> can I ask one final question? You can ask yeah. one final. You just, I felt like you have a good answer to this, Lee. Um, how do we all love ourselves more? <laughs> Oh, oh my. Again, I, I said this at the top and I'll say it again. This is the thing I will say till the day I die. Be unapologetic. And oh my gosh, unless, unless I can't even. Uh oh, say you got to practice that speech before you give it. <laughs> unapologetically yourself. 
at the end of the day, it's you that's all that matters, and you don't need to hide anything. You don't need to change anything. It's all, be, uh, all about being unapologetically you. Unapologetically you. That's a great that. message. Thank you so that's much. That's a great message. Thank you again for being <laughs> with us. I hope we can connect with you again. Let's get oh Nina. Let's get Nina to bed. I, I was like, let's go to Disneyland. Lee, just kidding. I got more energy all of a sudden. Let's go. I'll call you when I'm in Los Angeles. Yeah. We'll make it happen. Please, yes. <laughs> well, thank you again. Uh-huh. We had so much fun. You were the best. Yep. Thanks, Lee. We'll we'll see you next time. Bye. See ya. Bye. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you enjoyed today's show. Now, before you go, it would mean a lot to us if you could take a moment right now to subscribe to the podcast and then leave us a review. This helps spread the word so more people can feel lighter by shedding one belief at a time. Also, we want to hear from you. So if this episode impacted you or you have any questions that you think would be great for us or any of our future guests, please feel free to email us at podcast at weshape.com. And finally, if you want to try WeShape's different approach to health and fitness, remember that right now you can sign up for WeShape's Feel Good Challenge and get access to everything WeShape has to offer for free. Just click the link in our podcast description or go to weshape.com slash challenge to sign up.